0: This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Drama in the Twin Cities sports on Tuesday night. We got a lot of it to talk about here on today's show. Most of it will be spent talking about Timberwolves Game 5, another game they had a very good chance to win and did not. Up 11 going into the fourth quarter at Memphis. Series tied 2-2 Memphis. Chips away, chips away, takes a lead. Wolves tie it late, but John Morant with the winning layup in the final second after Anthony Edwards went for a steal. A lot to break down from that game, so we'll get to that here in just a minute. Got to talk about Twins, an insane walk-off win um, against Detroit. Your first place Twins, by the way. I wonder if the AL Central is going to be like this all year where you know these teams are going to be bunched up pretty close together but right now the twins by virtue of a 5 game winning streak all of them in the division have taken a 9 and 8 record and are indeed the first place team in the American Central at American League Central after that 4 and 8 start and got Tuck Wild who missed an opportunity on uh, on Tuesday night to uh really give themselves a, some breathing room in the, in the in the race for home ice against St. Louis but even though they lost um, a disappointing game to Arizona, got a little bit of a reprieve when St. Louis did lose to Colorado, which has very little to play for later that night. So Wild and Blues still tied in the standings, but Wild has two games left. St. Louis just has one. So we'll see who eventually claims home ice for that first-round playoff series. But first... What did I miss? Like I said at the beginning, we got to talk about the Timberwolves. I got a million thoughts jotted down. We'll check in with Chris Hine from Memphis, who checks in via a voicemail. You'll hear from Chris Finch. You'll hear from Carl Anthony Towns. You'll hear from D'Angelo Russell. And you'll hear from Anthony Edwards about various aspects of that game. But, you know, this game to me, came down to a few different things. One, Memphis just wanted it more in the fourth quarter. They had a million offensive rebounds, it seemed, really 18 for the game. The Wolves are just getting killed on the offensive glass in this series. Memphis, 18 offensive rebounds in the game, 62 of their 111 points were points in the paint. The Wolves committed 23 Turnovers, including a costly one late in the game. Carl Anthony Towns, by and large, played a good game, but he did have seven turnovers in this game. Um, just getting a little careless with the ball, just things like little winning play type things that they're not making yet, that they're not ready to make yet, because you know, by and large, they do not have the playoff experience. But this is two games now, game three. And game five, where they had big double-digit fourth-quarter leads and could not close things out. And both times, it was Memphis really hurting them with their grit, really hurting them with you know those hustle plays, those offensive rebounds, those second-chance momentum plays. And of course, it was the greatness of John Morant. Um, John Morant was spectacular down the stretch of this game. Finishes with 30 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists had the go-ahead three-pointer with about two minutes left that gave Memphis its first lead since, I believe, the first quarter when they'd led 28-27 to and, of course, made the winning layup after Anthony Edwards went for the steal in the closing seconds after Edwards had tied the game with a beautiful clutch three-pointer off an excellent pass from Jordan McLaughlin who was in the game because Patrick Beverly had fouled out. So, so many tentacles to this game. I don't consider this as much of a Wolves choke, certainly compared to Game 3, as I do see it just as Memphis imposing its will and the Wolves not being ready to win a game like this. And To me, that piece of it comes down a little bit to Anthony Edwards. I think he had his moments in this game but by and large uh, this was not a good ant game he finished with 22 points I know that um, that that's fine eight of 20 from the field you know he made some free throws played 35 minutes but one rebound this whole game in 35 minutes from Anthony Edwards who is a bigger you know bigger wing bigger guard should be able to get in there for rebounds and that one rebound was offensive rebound I believe it was off of his own miss no assists no steals, no blocks, five fouls. He did only turn it over once, but settled a lot for jump shots in this game. Did not get to the basket nearly enough, especially in that fourth quarter when Memphis kind of made the Wolves settle to a certain degree for, you know, for those for those shots that you know, Minnesota had been had been knocking down to a certain degree during the game, but they became tighter, more contested shots, less in the flow of the offense. So this was not a good Anthony Edwards game. This, you know, the stat line, the points will show you that he was fine. Everything else will tell you that he wasn't. And this team, this game illustrates the difference between what happens when you have a guard who can take over a game and what happens when you don't. And Anthony Edwards has taken over games at times this season. D'Angelo Russell is capable of, you know, having his moments where he's making clutch shots. He did make a big one. On uh, on Tuesday night, that helped uh, you know help keep the Wolves in the lead for a while. But you know, D'Lo missed the missed the isolation shot at the end that would have put the Wolves ahead before you know that kind of wild sequence. And you know, Ja Morant is that kind of player. He is that kind of perimeter player that just gets downhill, can get to the foul line, can commands the offense, controls the game down the stretch. And it's much easier to do that as a guard than as a big man like the Wolves. Carl Anthony Towns, still the Wolves' best, most efficient offensive player. He was their best all-around player by far on uh, on Tuesday night, even with the seven turnovers, 28 points, um, 12 rebounds, three steals, two blocks. He was all over the floor, committed a couple silly fouls, but was able to stay in the game. He finished with five um he was by far their best player, made a clutch three that put him up four um, you know, in the in the kind of down the stretch there that they could have that could have given them the cushion they needed with a little more offensive execution to finish off that game, but they did not. And part of that comes down to the offense getting a little stagnant, part of that comes down to Anthony Edwards. I'm imagining Anthony Edwards in two years when he's a little bit more ready. For these crunch time playoff moments that will be when the wolves are able to take a leap right now I don't feel like they're ready to take a leap they were in position to win these games but that is different the playoffs are much different being in position to win a game is far different than being ready to win that game and I just don't think the wolves are ready to win that game they were they they got stagnant in the fourth quarter. The offense did not flow like it should have. Here's D'Angelo Russell talking a little bit about that mentality and how they can fix it.
1: No, you can you can run a free flowing offense, but uh, you got to work on it. You got to practice it. You know, and then it's a mentality shift throughout the game. During the game, you know, you play, 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 and then at the end of the game, it comes down to executing and getting what you want. You know, and taking away from what the defense is trying to make you do, and on the other end, the same thing—you try to take away what they want to do. So it's what you're going to do next, and I think that's uh, that's 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 what we get from film, we watch film, and see. You know, what options we have when they take away that first option, or maybe even the second option. You know, what's our third and fourth.
2: Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24/7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards.
0: Follow the lights
2: to Mystic Lake where every day is play day. And
0: well, listen, Delo is, you know, he's one of the bigger, you know, one of the bigger proponents at times it seems of that kind of hero ball mentality, but also, you know, sometimes we think that, but sometimes the guard with the ball in his hand at the end um, it's because there's no other options. Nobody's moving. Nobody's cutting. Nobody's getting open. And then you know you can't just pass it off. Someone's got to take a shot deep in the clock. And sometimes that winds up being Delo. So I don't know how much of it is he wants to be a hero, and how much of it is you know the offense isn't flowing like it should. But that that offense looks stagnant. A lot of settling for jump shots. You look through the play by play of that fourth quarter. You see a lot of wolves three point attempts, deep twos. You know, floaters in the paint, really inefficient shots. While Memphis is getting free throws, they're getting you know John Morant uh, to the basket. They're getting tip-ins off of uh, you know off of putbacks, things like that. Memphis was getting far more sustainable types of offense all night, and in the fourth quarter, it really became apparent that that model was going to win the game. Now, all that said, the Wolves were still in position. To uh, you know, to, to to win this game, but you know, Anthony Edwards makes that clutch three-pointer. It's a 109, 109 with 3.7 seconds left. Memphis has the ball out of bounds sideline. Anthony Edwards guarding John Morant, and Morant gets away from him, gets to the basket, makes a tough layup, but still a layup to end the game with one second left. You can't give up a layup there. And for everybody who was watching, it looked like Anthony Edwards went for the steal, and he confirmed that. So did Chris Finch after the game. Let's hear a couple quick clips about that. Did you kind of go for the steal, or how did you how that how did you see that thing play out? I had my mind made up that I was going to try to steal it. Dumb mistake. Mm.
2: It's over though, so can't do nothing about it. Went for the steal on the high side, which is you know not the uh, not the wisest of decisions. So, but yeah.
0: Now, John Morant might have gotten the ball if Ant was in front of him and made a 16-footer because that's just what John Morant does. That's what great players do. We'll never know. What we do know is this. Morant got the ball, shook Ant, got to the basket, and made a layup, the kind of layup he made all night. It was a tough, contorted layup, but that's the kind of layup John Morant makes a lot. He got that one to drop, and that was the ball game. And that's another learning moment, right? That's another learning moment for this team. I mean, let's remember, this is a team that hadn't been, this, you know, this core of players has barely tasted the postseason. This is really their first go-around, aside from, you know, Patrick Beverly with a wealth of experience, but he fouled out late in that game, hurt them defensively against John Morant. You know, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell had played five playoff games total, uh, each of them, uh, before this series began. Torian Prince has got a little bit of experience, but he's, you know, more of a role player, bench player, gave him some good minutes on... uh on Tuesday but still this is a team that's got to be learning on the fly they got to be learning how to be more aggressive they've got to be learning how to close out games so bottom line for this game to me was it came down to it, it came down to the the execution it came down to turnovers sloppy play not valuing the ball and and it came down to me uh to you know this was a missed opportunity right that's why this hurts that's why people Post game fans, post game were lamenting the missed opportunity. I think the, the Wolves players and coaches were doing the same thing. Um, I think that's fine. I think you can lament a missed opportunity in this game because you know it, it certainly was there for the taking. That said, I don't think they. Were, I don't think they were ready to to win this game. I think Memphis has not been good in this series. If we're, if we're being honest, I think Memphis has shown some of those same jitters the wolves have been showing because Memphis lacks a lot of that playoff experience too they are not the you know cold-blooded executing kind of team in in uh, you know in, in these games they do not they have not taken control of any of these playoff games except for game 2 the wolves have been in control of a lot of these games and then had them slip out of their control so that's the missed opportunity in this Thou- all that said like I said, I don't. I don't see this as a wolves choke so much as they're just not ready for this. They're not ready for the moment, and maybe maybe we're parsing words here. But I, I just feel like in a little while, in one or two years, th- this actually will be a learning opportunity. But nobody wants to hear that right now, and we, we can't talk about this like the series is over because it's not. It's three two. Wolves now go back to target center for game six. Still have a chance in this series. We've seen them get back off, you know, get back off the mat, things like that, but they're gonna have to play better. They're gonna have to execute better. They're gonna have to keep Memphis off the offensive glass. Chris Finch could not have been more clear about that post game. Here's Chris Finch again talking about offensive rebounding and what went wrong in this game. I don't know
2: how many offensive rebounds they have in the fourth. Clark had seven alone. And that's the game. They had 18 for the game. Um, They had 12 second chance points in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, that was it. That's the game. I mean, he's, you know, he's athletic. He's long. He's, uh, you know, climbing on your back. He's pushing. It's physical. You got to get multiple bodies on him, you know. Um, You know, and also, uh, you know, when Morant's allowed to get deep into the paint, it draws your your defense over and then leaves it a little bit exposed, especially, um, you know, on the weak side, of course.
0: And that's it, right? He's absolutely right. You know, he's... Maybe hinting a little bit that, that Brandon Clark gets away with some some pushing and some physical play, maybe wanted the foul discrepancy to be a little bit more narrow than 29-19. But you know what? Memphis was the more aggressive team all night. The more aggressive team is going to get fouls called. They were getting into the paint. They were the ones that were taking it to the basket. The Wolves were settling for jump shots all night long. This, to me, was not a woe is us, the referees messed us up again kind of game. If you are inclined to believe that, that is your prerogative. If you are the of the type of Minnesota fan that wants to blame officiating for every single loss, you go right ahead. Um, calls were missed both ways. I thought I, you know, I thought the most important call of the whole game was a call that very much benefited the Wolves. By the way, the, when Anthony Towns is. Um offensive foul was challenged by Chris Finch. I think I didn't think they had any chance of winning that challenge. They end up changing that to a block on Jaron Jackson Jr. That's four on Jaron Jackson Jr. at that point. Towns has three then. Towns is able to stay in the game. Really impacted the third quarter, and then Jackson fouled out in the fourth quarter. And the Wolves went up like eleven. I'm like, well, that's that's ball game, right? You got their best defensive player out of the game and um you know and, and Carl Anthony Towns is still you know, able to be in this game, so you know they certainly benefited from some calls in that game as well. I don't think it was a great officiating game, but I don't think it was lopsided. Even though, even when the fouls pile up a little bit in one way, sometimes that's game flow. You're not going to get a lot of fouls called when you're shooting a lot of jump shots. You're going to get fouls called when you're the more aggressive team going to the basket, trying to you know boxing out, actually keeping them off the offensive glass. They just did not do that in this game. So to me, it wasn't the officiating; it was Memphis doing what it does in the fourth quarter and the Wolves not having an answer for it now will they have an answer for it in game six that remains to be seen I didn't think they'd have an answer in game four and guess what they won so if they can do this again if they can win game six I think they have to feel okay about their chances of winning the series still because Memphis like I said is not taking control of this series I think if you're the I think if you're the Wolves you feel bad about the missed opportunities and you feel bad that maybe you have let Memphis win when Memphis has not been at their best. And is there going to be a game here where Memphis really is at its best? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see on, uh, on on Friday night at target center, but Carl Anthony towns had a quick thought at the end of his media session about what they need to do. 48 minutes.
1: It's going to take 48 minutes of pure desperation and an and, and execution level that, um, we've seen ourselves accomplish at times this year in games, so um, we got to be at our best. Um, there's no more time. There's no more wiggle room anymore for us.
0: That about sums it up, right? We'll, we'll see what happens. Can they do this one more time? Can they, you know, revive their season one more time? That remains to be seen. But it was a great game. It was an amazing game. It was painful if you are a Wolves fan but this is the playoffs this is the process you sometimes have to go through i mean let's let's not forget kevin garnett ended his career in a place where you know he was thought of as a clutch player to a certain degree he he got his ring he got the wolves before he went to boston he got the wolves to those western conference finals in 2004 kevin garnett didn't win a playoff series till his 8th trip to the playoffs you guys like sometimes it just takes a long time this is just cat's second trip to the playoffs this is anthony edward's first trip to the playoffs you know they're, they're there's an opportunity here that is being missed but there's also a steep learning curve when it comes to winning in the playoffs that this team is finding out about and i i don't think they're i don't think they've learned anywhere near all of those lessons yet but um, I think when they look back on this series, however it turns out, there will be some growth from this. That's not, like I said, it's not what you want to hear right now. They're right in the middle of the series. The thing is still right there for them to take. But big picture wise, um, they could not have asked for a better series for their own growth. Now I'm done talking about it for a little while. Let's hear from Chris Hine, who had some similar thoughts on what happened in this game.
1: I don't know if it's hubris inexperience a little bit of both but the Timberwolves just can't get out of their own way and can't learn from their past mistakes and here we are again uh, discussing another collapse against the Memphis Grizzlies Uh, they give away one in the regular season in Memphis and lost in overtime gave away one game three at home and now they give away Game Five, and for a series that they have led most of the time, they are now down three-two. Headed back to Minnesota, and they have to regroup again in time for Game Six. Uh, it's the same, and it's not like it's it's not like they're losing in different ways either. It's the same thing over and over again. It's. Poor late-game execution, isolation-heavy basketball. That's not like the rhythmic offense they play for most of the rest of the game. Um, It's shot selection in those situations as well. Uh, It is especially offensive rebounding for Memphis, allowing them to just control the glass. Uh, Brandon Clark, uh, seven offensive rebounds alone in the fourth quarter seven in one quarter. Um, I, I looked back over the stat sheet over the last seven minutes and 30 seconds of that game. Memphis shot and missed, and the Wolves got the rebound after just one miss just once. Every other possession in that 7.30 either ended with Memphis scoring or ultimately missing but getting two or three shots on a possession uh, before the Wolves finally would get the rebound. Only one time did the Wolves hold Memphis to one and done over the last seven minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, Anthony Edwards, brilliant uh, to, to come up with that. Tying three in the corner, off of a well-drawn play, uh, but you know, and he admitted after the game that he his gamble on a steal of a, of that inbound pass to John Morant was was a quote dumb mistake that he will learn from. Um, just just tough all around. Uh, again, the Timberwolves are going to have to come back from a potentially you know uh, just. Awful, awful loss, and they have to try and regroup like they did after Game 3. The silver lining for them is that they have experience doing it, so they can do it again. But they've missed a chance to close out this series at home, uh, and they're going to have to come back to Memphis for a Game 7 if they're going to have a shot of winning this series.
0: Good stuff from Chris. As always, appreciate him checking in after long nights. I think I got this voicemail at 1.19 a.m. I'm sure he's going to be you know, back in Minneapolis soon for no access, everything that's going on with this team, getting ready for Friday, and then possibly a turnaround quick for Sunday's Game 7 if the Wolves are able to win Game 6. This does feel like a series that's going 7. This has been the best series of them all in the playoffs so far, in my estimation. So we will see where we are headed with that. Wild, speaking of the playoffs, Wild missed an opportunity on uh, on Tuesday, a big one. They had you know, a team that that you know in the standings is nowhere near as good as them. Arizona, way down in the standings. Um, you know, while you you looked at that and you're like, well, this is a chance for the Wild to bank some points, try to get that home ice. Instead, they lose five three to the Coyotes. Mark Andre Fleury not great in that game in goal. And now you're looking at the Wild having to play Calgary and Colorado in their last two. St. Louis has. Um, Vegas in their only remaining game. These teams tied still in the standings. St. Louis has the tiebreaker if this thing fi- finishes uh, tied up because they have more regulation victories this season. I was a little confused as to what the tiebreaker would be, but that's regulation victories. The Wild has more overall victories, but so many of those coming overtime or shootout. St. Louis would have the tiebreaker. So Long story short, the Wild needs to get more points than the Blues in two games uh, than the Blues get in one game. Still very much doable. And, you know, all that's really at stake is home ice in that first round of the playoffs. Um you know, which, you know, can can get erased in sixty minutes of hockey, but you know, not a great game for the wild. They've been playing very well. This was a clunker, bad time for a clunker, no doubt about that. So we'll see what they are able to do. So you're talking about the potential for some real uh, playoff pressure cookers here. The, the Wolves at least are playing Friday. A chance they would play Sunday and it could be the Wild Monday against St. Louis in that opener, depending on where that is. So we are looking at some uh, some amazing stretches of playoffs here in the Twin Cities. I didn't think we'd be talking about the Twins in the playoffs. I think I even mentioned that to Roycey on Monday during Monday's show that hey you know we've got the wall we got the wolves that we got to talk about we got the wild we're talking about but the twins were four and eight at the time and I was like there there's no this does not look like a team that is going to get anywhere near the postseason and then they started playing the uh the AL Central a little bit more and all of a sudden now they are nine and eight um with a crazy win over Detroit on uh on Tuesday they you know they they took a they took a lead. Detroit rallied with a home run in the eighth, four three. It's looking like one of those gut punch losses, looking like one of those Minneapolis, Minnesota sports nights where all the teams lose, and then they get a bonkers final play in the bottom of the ninth. Miguel Sano hits one to right field. There's first and second. Trevor Larnick goes back to ta- to tag up, but the you know the, the ball gets over the right fielder's head. Larnick's trying to scramble and score, but he gets held up. The base runner uh, behind him it's a log jam at third base. Looks like someone's going to get thrown out on the base pass in the rundown. And then Detroit's catcher just decides to throw one into the outfield. Both runners score your final 5-4 to four in that game. Um, some drama in that game. Rocco Baldelli had a hard time describing it even. Here was Rocco Baldelli, Twins manager, after that whole final sequence.
2: Exactly like that, maybe not exactly like that, but uh, you know, you have recollections of some, some funny ones that um, you can never expect, and they just happen. And uh, sometimes you just have to take games like this. I think our guys uh, competed pretty good out there, and we did a lot of good things, and it, you know, didn't look uh, uh, you know look challenging going into that last inning. You know, you bring in a guy with a good arm. But we had uh, some pitches that we took and we made him throw strikes. And then Miggy had a big hit and he just ripped the ball to right center field and made something happen. Um, you know, we made some boo-boos on the bases and, uh, you know, we, we somehow made our way out of it and smelled like roses. And sometimes that's the way it happens. So I don't know what I'm even talking about right now, but uh, that, I think that sums up the, the last play of the game and the result.
0: Listen. Bottom line is the Twins are in first place in the division right now, um, and it's again, it's early. It's nine and eight, but I think if we can, if there's one big takeaway from the American League Central so far this season, it's that if Chicago is down, and you know Chicago's dealing with a lot of injuries, they don't look like they're the team they were a year ago. If they're going to be down, this thing is wide open. This thing is there for the taking. If the Twins are going to keep pitching as well as it did, Chris Paddock had a good start, um, five and two thirds, five hits, one run. If they're going to keep doing that, they're going to have a chance. Uh, they're going to have a chance in this whole division to a, to, to compete. Um, you know, they got a good game from Max Kepler. That was nice to see. He'd been struggling all year. Miguel Sano got a hit, finally um, got himself going. Kepler had a home run in this game, so that was good for him. Starting to get that batting average up a little bit get that OPS up a little bit you know Gio Urshula has been pretty good this year he had another couple hits and a couple runs scored so you know starting to see how this kind of all fits together a little bit better got to get Carlos Correa going things like that but you know if the pitching can hold up, and it did hold up to a certain degree, even though the uh, the the bullpen gave it up in in this game, if they can keep it together, if they can you know piece these games together, especially against the division, they might be able to compete. Because mid '80s might win this division when it is all said and done. Speaking of all said and done, that is it for me today. Thanks for joining Daily Delivery. Sarah McClellan will be on. Thursday show to talk wild. Set up those last two regular season games as they come down the home stretch. Thanks so much for joining me here today on Daily Livery. I'm Michael Rand. We'll see you again on Thursday.